Welcome into the last regular season edition of the IDS Football Podcast alongside Caleb Kaufman, Will Coleman. I'm Jack Grossman. Thanks for joining us. Before we do anything else, he claimed it all season long. And my God, it did not happen a week and a half ago in Bloomington. So I would like to apologize for all the people that all season have listened to this podcast and really felt my words of Michigan being a mortal lock and decided to possibly put money on it. I apologize to all of you. I will not refund you. And neither will the IDS. We do not take responsibility for your spending habits. <laughs> Public service announcement. <laughs> yeah, that game was uh, not great. However, Indiana has played another game since then, Indiana at Purdue, which means we got another ep- edition of our food reviews. Yeah. First one I'm not on this season, so yeah, I'll be left I, I out. Was, I was happy with it. I don't know about you, Will. They had a hot dog buffet. The hot dogs looked like hot dogs. Oh, okay. They tasted good. There were chips um, and lasagna. The only the only bad thing never is, touched the pasta. Never touched no, no, the pasta. I didn't touch the pasta. It was all hot dogs and chips. Uh, they took the buffet away at the start yeah, of the game. That was that was a major problem. I went Whoa. back out there in the middle of the first quarter, and the food buffet is just gone. Yeah, and I'm our, like, uh, this would never happen. See, this our would buddy Tim Drummond did did warn us in advance. So I downed my four hot dogs oh. in before then. I and, told you. And then Jack had a heart I maybe attack. Maybe wasn't listening. I'm. That's your fault. <laughs> and. I mean, Caleb, at this point, the heart attack would have happened a long time ago. <laughs> well, something I can blame myself for was that I did try the pasta, and I didn't finish it. It wasn't good. I made a mistake. Yeah, you never tried the press box what, pasta. Was it better or worse than the IU stuffed shells? Um, It was on a similar plane. I would say, oh. may, I would say maybe a little better. The cheese wasn't as pitiful. Um, <laughs> That's one way to it put was, it. It was more bearable, maybe, but I didn't finish it, so... Yeah, and I also didn't use the uh, the hot dog buffet to my full advantage. I did not top my dog. Oh, you had to top I, the dog. I didn't. Yeah, I just missed well, out. Yeah, Important like question a... here for you guys: yes. relish or no relish? No relish. Um, I I'm had, just not a relish. Guy. I had two with relish, two without re- relish. So you are willing to put relish on hot dogs? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that have you been the... to Have you been to Fat Dan's? No, not yet. Yeah, I went um, on on Monday when I was stuck waiting for the uh, basketball game. They got some good relish on, the, on those hot dogs. Right. on those hot dogs. Good to know. And just for the record, Jack is correct. Will, you are wrong. You have to have relish on your hot dogs with ketchup. You don't have to. No. no oh, they, they, you don't have to. No, no. There is a sign at Fat Dan's where they, where they uh, under the hot dog, it says they will not give you ketchup for the hot dog. Well, no, Fat Dan's just has been demoted greatly in my mind without ever eating it. <laughs> I haven't had ketchup since 2011, willingly. Well... Hold on, what's unwillingly eating ketchup? How do you know this on your date? Uh, Fourth of July, 2011. I just realized I don't like ketchup. I'm putting it on my hot dogs and my hamburgers just because everyone else does, but I don't. I don't feel the need to, so I, I stop. I'm more backtracking to the what's the unwillingly putting ketchup on, eating ketchup. So like I had so, some, someone holding you down, like you will eat this Heinz. I had some. This is the important question. I had some beet ketchup over the summer without even knowing it. I just like started it eating. Sounds it. disgusting. It was actually good. It didn't taste like normal ketchup. It was really sweet, but I didn't realize it at first. And someone said this. What is did beet you think ketchup. it was? I just thought it was some weird sauce. I was going with these fries, but. Did it look like ketchup? No, it was a completely different color. It was like okay. so. It's not really ketchup. Yeah, it's beet ketchup. It sounds like a beet sauce. <laughs> beet, beet sauce <laughs> by <laughs> apple. Ketchup by Dre. At halftime, have you heard of the Grandma's Cookie brand? Yes. They brought out a 
a load of those and ice cream bars. Yeah, they had like a cooler, a, like a blue bunny cooler of ice cream treats. This sounds magical. Man. They, they did not Probably have, the highlight. They did not have food, food after the game, but... Most places actually don't. Yeah, me being the person I was, I took a couple of the extra cookie packages and just saved them for after the game. Smart man. <laughs> Because I had a two-hour drive ahead of me anyways. I was like, I don't want to be hungry the entire time. But Indiana beats Purdue 44-41. I may have rewritten my column three times throughout the game. <laughs> um, well, you had the recap. How many times did you have to rewrite your recap? Well, I only had to rewrite it once, and that was kind of when I realized Purdue might actually come back and either win the game in regulation or send it to overtime. And at that point, I kind of just stopped what I was doing and... Watched it all play out for myself. Um, so I I did not restart writing more than once. When Purdue converted the uh, two point conversion to tie the game, I deleted the uh, 318 words I had about the Indiana running game. <laughs> so that's amateur. You got to copy and paste that into somewhere else in case you need it. Well, I mean, it. I have it in Drive. Okay. So it's I could have gone changes. back to it. But at that point. I figure even if IU wins this game somehow, what happened in the first half does not matter at this point. So like yeah, that I, the, I, at that I point, I was like, the first three quarters really the story was the run game for especially IU, especially in that first half. Yeah, especially the first half. But that was going to be my sidebar. But I I did not blame you for uh, for choosing to follow that. No, the three Renzi story was it, the right move. It fell apart. Yeah, of all the things. That I thought that I would have been the ha- one, like one of the happiest I've been with a column this year. A positive Peyton Ramsey column would not have been anywhere near <laughs> the top of the Was that this list. the first time you wrote about Peyton Ramsey as your post game? So I had to do it like four times over the course of the season. It was ridiculous. Let's see, I've um, I I uh, after the Ohio State game, I wrote about it about. Ramsey. Oh right, because me and you overlapped a little bit. And yeah, and Phil, Phil Steinmetz <laughs> got a little upset. Um, had to tell him to take a chill Penn pill. My State column it wasn't about Ramsey, but I wrote a good chunk of it about him. And then before the season, I wrote the column of Penix was the right choice to start over Ramsey. Yeah, but everyone had to write that at some point. Yeah. Something about that. Yeah, and that was still the correct decision. And as good as Peyton Ramsey has been, I'd still start Michael Penix if he was healthy, but that doesn't take away to anything Peyton Ramsey's done this season. Agreed. He's been fantastic, probably besides that Michigan game, in my opinion. And the Ohio State, Ohio State game. game. Yeah. I was trying to you remember know, the, I was trying to remember for a second there. I was like the two who started that game. In and, face. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I wrote about Ramsey being the uh, epitome of IU football, the fact that he can't beat the best teams to put on their schedule is also the epitome of IU football, yeah. unfortunately. I didn't put that in the column just because I was like, I'm trying to be nice, trying to just... <laughs> they won They won the rivalry game, they got the bucket, they're, they got eight <laughs> wins. I don't need to take that, that dig when, when it's there, there but it, it it is still true, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. give it to you. The... They're closer than many would expect, probably, except the Michigan and Ohio State game. But you look the at that two pe- best teams they've played. Well, we know what? you think they're close, Caleb. Thinking what? that Michigan game was a mortal lock. Michigan game yeah. was a mortal lock until it wasn't a mortal lock, and <laughs> and, 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 and that and lock broke about also halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, and to be fair, also we saw again on Saturday how important Watt Fillier is to the IU offense not having him in that Michigan game. Shameless plug to read my sidebar. Yeah, which there was a moment in the third quarter after Watt got the touchdown was like, hmm, do I want to try to bully Caleb out of writing that as a column? I'm happy I didn't because your sidebar turned out good. 
Also, I would have probably said no since I already had like I was sitting there with 400 words. And I was like, oh, please don't, because I had no idea what I was going to write about if they lost that game. I had no idea what they were what I was going to write about if they won. I I was sitting there texting everyone I knew. I was like, any ideas if they lose? Because I have no clue. I mean, the column if they lost was easy. It was they choked the game away, and Jeff Brom's way better than Tom Allen. That that was going to be the column. I had about 160 words of it. It was going to be the column. I still don't know what I would have written. I probably would have been sitting. And I'm sitting there when it goes into overtime, thinking. Crap, what the heck am I going to write about if IU somehow wins it? <laughs> and I thought about it, and I thought about how well Ramsey had played and how fitting it was that the last two plays of the game were him finding Hendershot on a third and long, and then the quarterback scene. I was like, okay, there we go. That's it. But no one really cares about how we came up with our story ideas. <laughs> oh, no. It gives a nice insight into the minds of the, the great minds of the IDS football beat. <laughs> Define great. <laughs> I like to think I'm great. Yeah, but <laughs> well, let's I also make my own realities. Di- Shout out, couple, Jack knows where that comes yes, from. Yes, a couple so key decisions that were made in made in the game. Tom Allen not having Logan Justice kick the field goal when they're up twenty eight twenty three, bringing out Charles Campbell. I know Will and I were both against it at the time it happened, and I'm standing by that. Caleb, how, how, what were your thoughts when you see? Campbell come out to kick the field goal. At that length, I thought it was probably the right move. I kind of felt bad for Logan just because of how well he's played all season. He hadn't missed a field goal coming into the game. But some of those were really bad misses. None of them were end-over-end when he was kicking them. All of them like butterflied off and really got pushed. I was about to ask, how bad was the wind actually? Because I was at home. I wasn't at the game. If I remember correctly, it was blowing to and from the posts. But... Justice's, I think two of the misses at least were on the far end. All three we, misses were on the left hash. That that is true. All three were from the left hash, and I mean the wins weren't too bad side to side. The okay. first kick he, I actually thought was good because it was hard. Some so, people thought the last kick went in, like on on the his broadcast. La- his last kick, like the third one that he missed. Yeah, nah, that one was definitely far. Didn't, wasn't far that the one that just like fluttered like sideways well, off well, into the distance? What happened was the first kick he misses wide right. I remember that one. The second kick, he it looked like he he still wasn't like mentally recovered. Like, out, no, no, no. I think he was mentally fine. Oh, okay, he missed it wide right again. The third kick, I think that's when he it got in his head and he over adjusted and he missed it wide left. Is I think he overcorrected it. I see. I remember him lining up in the on the left hash and just thinking for that last kick. Something just doesn't feel right here. Like the way he's been kicking it, mm-hmm. I have a feeling this is just gonna float. And lo and yeah, behold, but, but the kick that uh, that Campbell hit that was from the right hash. So that's why I was really surprised because all the issues have been from the left hash. He hadn't had any Cam- issues on extra points. Right leg, right? Camp. They switched. Campbell's not that it makes from the right. Yeah, Campbell's a righty yeah. and Logan's a lefty. I'm not sure. I don't know kicking that well. I'm not sure how big of a difference it makes based on the hashes, but just something to put out there. That's fair. But then I was more surprised, even on top of that, when Indiana scored the first touchdown, the first overtime, they ran Justice back out there instead of Campbell. That was really interesting to me. For the extra I, point, I think yeah. he, he was fine on all the extra points yeah. throughout the day, so I think that's where Allen was like, let him kick that, maybe he gets a little, gets it out of his head a little bit. And then the other decision that I think was interesting, Purdue in the second overtime, facing a fourth and two, decides to kick a field goal. You have to get points, in my opinion. You, if you don't get points in overtime, you've practically lost, no matter what. 
But the way that the Purdue offense had been driving down the field in the fourth quarter, even going back late into the third quarter, I had no I had no doubt that Purdue would have picked up the first down there on fourth and two. I don't know, especially at home. I, at I never, home, I, you have I'm always fourth and one and you, closer. You're, you're fourth and seven, or, or, or you're four and seven on the season. You have nothing to lose. Why not go for the touchdown and try to just put all the pressure back on the favored team that really had not looked good on offense in, in over a quarter? Mm-hmm. Even when Indiana scored their touchdown in the first overtime, it was just kind of a coverage bust that led to it. That left Nick Westbrook wide open on a third and long. Indiana hadn't had any flow offensively ever since Samson James went out of the game. And I would have said, make Indiana score a touchdown. I don't think the defense, how much it was reeling the late in that game, could have stopped them. You know, I was thinking the same thing during the game, and I also thought that maybe during overtime they would have considered going for two on the first overtime. That's fair when also. They, when they had the chance. Again, same thing. I mean, they could have easily picked up the yards. There was really no stopping their offense in that whole quarter. And plus, with the uh, field goal kicking issues Indiana's had, there's no there's no well, guarantee if they would have held them to a field goal, they would have made it anyways. Mm-hmm. All of IU's field goals were not... None of them were particularly close, if I remember correctly. Well, they're all like... The one, ones just one was, missed were like 40 and 39 yards. One was even 25 or 29 yards. 25? Yeah. I think it was from the 12. Justice missed from 40, 43, and 26. 26, okay. Campbell had okay. 41. 41. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't really think it was that outrageous of a decision. I thought, in my mind, in overtime, you have to get points, or you're just asking for them to get it to try to get one first down, right. get it to a middle hash, and then take two tries to get a field goal in case you mess up the snap. I don't know. I, I I just I just think with Jeff Brom and as much as much as he's known as a great play caller, I trust him to draw up something in that situation, be able to beat the defense. Because let's face it, he got whatever he wanted once that weather dried up and it and it wasn't the muddy, sloggy conditions that it was in the first half. Once that happened, Purdue got absolutely anything they want off- wanted offensively. And it was really the first time we had seen Kane Womack's defense regress as the game went on instead of progress. Yeah, they just had no answer for Horvath. Once they started to like realize, hey, he's big and IU's defense cannot bring him down in one, one-on-one, that's kind of where it started to be a slippery slope down. Which also, he put on gloves in the second half. I know I texted you guys uh. how, how we letting this guy with no gloves carry the ball in the first half. but Yeah, Horvath had 164 yards on the ground. In his entire career before then, he only had 213 yards. Also, on the season, if I remember correctly, it was like after his first three rushes, Purdue had already had their longest run of the season. Yep. And they had their longest run of the season at 48 yards. Longest play from scrimmage. At 72 yards. First 100 yard rusher since the Ohio State game. That probably was the second one I was thinking of. And first 400 yard passing game in like six years. He got to 400, O'Connell? Yeah. Yeah, 408. Wow. Yeah, so the defense was not great. Of course, now it doesn't matter how it happened. They won the game. They're eight and four. Yes, can guys. I put one thing in. Just a quick talking point. Yeah, Samson James though. Well, yeah, yeah, he the, was phenomenal coming out party. Yeah. He, that was exactly what we everyone all thought to write he was about the run game. Yeah, so let's let's talk but, about it now. Yeah, how? He, where has that been all year? I think it's just opportunity. Maybe 
Because you kind of saw with Stevie, and everyone's kind of said Samson's a little bit like Stevie, not quite as big, a little more shifty. But the thing with Stevie is he's had to get rushes going. And when you're a backup, sometimes a third-string running back, you're getting one or two every Samson James once in a while. James' first two carries went for nine yards and 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but he knew in his mind he was going to get carries. When you know you only have, what, what do you... I don't know what he averaged, I'm but it had it to be left in less than eight like carries a game. On those, on those, end you know, you ha- you're trying maybe too hard. I don't know if you guys remember, kind of in the middle of the season, those the Maryland game, right? Where what it was like a loss of seven or like a yeah, loss of, yeah. of seven twice in that Just, game. That's discouraging, and when you have such a small sample size of opportunities for a guy like that, I mean, the same thing happened with Stevie at the beginning of the year when he wasn't impressive. All right, so for it most was- of the games, you can you can make this argument. So I'm just gonna go through the list. Ball State, one carry. EIU, 12 carries. Ohio State, four carries. UConn, five carries. MSU, two carries. Rutgers, seven carries. Northwestern, eight carries. Michigan, nine carries. Purdue, 22 carries. The game that I really look at, two games really, the Eastern Illinois game and the Northwestern game where you could say, Okay, EIU, the game's out of reach. Samson, we're giving you your shot. You're going to get a bunch of carries, and he only had 22 yards at one point yards per carry against an EIU team that went 1-11 FCS. Northwestern, C.V. Scott gets gets kind of banged up, if I remember correctly. They just basically didn't run him much in the second half. Eight carries, 19 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. I get it, Northwestern's a, a decent defense, but still, 2.4 yards a carry. The Michigan game, nine carries. Stevie Scott definitely got hurt in that one. Yes. We all remember that. <laughs> so most of the second half and those three drives in the second quarter, what Indiana needed something to get going, they went to Samson James and he didn't deliver. Nine carries, twenty-eight yards, three point one. Sure it's not carry. great for Michigan though. They were airing that the ball out in the second half, trying to get back into it. I, I, yeah, but I'm talking about the 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 three drives in the second quarter. They gave Samson James four carries, and he got nothing out of those. Yeah, I get it, Michigan defense is really good, but he's had a couple uh, games where he's had opportunities. I don't think to four show carries th- over three drives is necessarily you're in a rhythm. That, I, you're, I that's would it, say that's, twelve. I would say twelve carries. Twelve carry, that, that one's a yeah. bad performance. There, I won't yeah. fight you on that. And Northwestern eight carries when they all came in garbage time, mm-hmm. time and in pretty good chunks. Those are really the two games where I looked at like okay. He had ample opportunity there, and he didn't take advantage. Why are we now? Why are we just now seeing this? I think it's the he knew he was going to start. He had a week where he knew he was the guy. He had to prepare like he's the guy. Because you think it's Eastern Illinois? He didn't think I'm going to get a lot. He might have known, but that's still his second game he as said, a college player. He said you got post game, Jack. You got to remember, it's it is a different game. No matter how much you good you are, it is slightly different going from high school to even Eastern Illinois. He said it in his post game himself that he had a really good week of practice. So I think he had to have been anticipating that kind of workload. It's just a mindset that you come in with, even even when you know you're going to get playing time because you're playing a bad team in Eastern anything, Illinois. Anything, it's a different you're knowing not, you are the starter. If anything, when you're not in that position, it puts more pressure on you because you you're know trying that, to prove yourself. You know that the few chances you're going to get, you have to make a play. And when it doesn't happen, it's kind of discouraging. 12 carries, 22 yards, 1.8 Eastern Illinois. 10 weeks ago. Yeah. Second game of the season. I'm, second game ever for him. Eight carries, Realistically, yards, first. What did you say? He carried the ball once against Ball State? Yeah. So... Practically his first game ever. Eight carries, 19 yards, 2.4 against Northwestern. I'm not saying they were good performances. I'm I'm not saying it's like atrocious by him either. I, I'm just saying what 
you you usually see a glimpse of something before a guy just breaks out like this. There there wasn't even a glimpse of it. And I get he was a highly rated recruit and all that stuff, but I just thought there'd be a glimpse for it. But it, it, he, he had a phenomenal game on Saturday. There's no way to take away from that. Before we get out of here, we should discuss uh, where the hell do we think IU's going to go bowling? Because, man, is it a bleep show <laughs> to figure this one out at 8-4. and four. Yeah, it's going to take... A lot of things to kind of fall into place over the next few days with conference championship and how some other bowls will play out. That, that Iowa beating Minnesota really kind of messes with IU. Yeah, it really does. I think uh, Indiana needs to be rooting for Wisconsin mm-hmm. because if Wisconsin, not even even if they don't beat Ohio State, sorry, Will Coleman, if they if, if they just keep it close and put up a better performance than they did the first time those two teams met and. Maybe the committee sees that as a quality loss in some ways, puts them into the New Year Six. If they get into the New Year Six, all the other Big Ten teams move up a peg, and that's where maybe instead of the Pinstripe Bowl or the Music City Bowl, maybe IU ends up in maybe the Music City Bowl, but maybe also the Gator Bowl or the Citrus Bowl, or maybe probably not the Citrus Bowl. Bowl is like a massive flowchart of things that need to go go yeah, down. Outback Bowl is the one that's the least likely. I, I think because they get I agree because they get the top choice out of all the Big Ten teams that don't make the New Year's Six, and that's going to be either Minnesota or Iowa. I would think. I think of all of the realistic options, Citrus is the most of a reach. You mean Outback? No, he means Citrus. I mean Citrus because Citrus you actually need a lot of. I get where you're coming from with I, that. I, I don't think Citrus or Outback are realistic at all. But Citrus needs so many things to fall perfectly in place for them to like How's sneak that? sneak their way. It's just. How do you need Minnesota? Uh, sorry, Wisconsin win. I went through this with uh, Galen Clavio in class, but like going him talking me through it, it was just so many things you had to have fall into place. I needed a pen and paper, <laughs> write out a flowchart for it. I'm thinking it. I'm down to most likely Music City or Gator. That's I what think I think. That's what Indiana fans should be hoping for. That's Music what they City probably should be hoping for. Pinstripe is a possibility in my mind, even though I will be only be the third team ever to have eight wins going into that game. Which I which I get. This is a weird year for bowls in yeah. general, and one of them is a weird outlier where it's number twenty three Notre Dame. I'm not sure how they ended up in the pinstripe one year, but then the other one's Pitt. I just don't see that working out that way. I think they yeah, want to try to reserve both on it. The ACC side of the yeah. tie-in, uh, they won't be going to the Quick Lane Bowl because mm-hmm. that'll probably be Michigan State or mm-hmm. Illinois. Then the I don't other think one they're going to red. I don't think they're going to red box. I, I think they've passed God, red box. I don't think they're going to. Red I think box. getting. I think <laughs> yeah. even getting to seven games kind of pushed them on the out. Well, what it, side it really helped them was Illinois losing to Northwestern. Because now Illinois is at six wins, and no matter what bowl we're talking about, the Pinstripe, the Music City, the Gator, all those bowls pick before the Red Box, and they're not going to pick a six-win Illinois team over an eight-win Indiana team. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. can't physically do that. So I think Indiana gets lucky to where they avoid the Red Box and the Quick Lane Bowl. Part of me thinks that they do slip down in that Pinstripe Bowl, just because there's so many Big Ten teams that are not only bowl-eligible, but in that that 8-9 win range that Indiana's in, and let's face it... None of their wins are great, or even really good. Yeah, Indiana's eight wins are against teams with a combined record of 25-71. and 71. Yep. There you go. And the other teams just are more marketable than Indiana. They're guaranteed to bring more fans. And it's even the Music City Bowl, so... Yeah, I think that that's definitely what hurts IU the most, yeah. but getting that eighth win keeps the options options pretty wide open. Yeah, how much would it mean to the program that we get to a bowl like the Music City Bowl or the Gator Bowl? I mean, Indiana's 
never been in a Florida Bowl. <laughs> I think the Florida that thing would be huge. huge, not just for the exposure, people know what the Gator Bowl is, but so much of the team is actually from Florida. Tom yeah. Allen's done a great job recruiting in Florida, being a high school coach I, I down think, there. I think that would be huge for them. And that's also kind of <clears throat> my mind. I know it's not officially cri- criteria that people think about when they're choosing these things, but it, there is a human element that is small, but sl- see, sl- seeps into decision-making. And I can see that just being like, if it's a toss-up, really, but they're like, I can go either way. They might give it to IU there. I know it's a it's very possible. small thing. I, I don't think it's an actual factor that will yeah. make a big difference, but there is the human element. I, I think the music bowl, well, I agree with you. The Gator Bowl would be huge. A Florida Bowl is the best possible scenario for it's IU so as a program. Warm. Yes. Mm. But the Music City Bowl, don't understate it. That would be huge for the program as well, just to be in Nashville. That's where they're going to get probably the most draw from it, fans. Exactly. That Fam- family be, is it, really easy for Florida fans really want that Nashville game. Yeah, if there's any chance that IU fans actually travel for a bowl game, it's either New York where you have the big alumni base, but they were in that just a few years ago, and it's cold, and it just not doesn't have the uh, prestige that even a bowl like the Music City Bowl has. I will say that from our perspective, Yankee Stadium uh, oh, yeah. press box would be pretty cool. Yes, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but... But just to get like people that are actually from the state to go to a, an IU football bowl game, the Music City Bowl is absolutely the best option, especially, and this could be for the Music City or the Gator Bowl if they play Kentucky. Think about that if they play Kentucky in Nashville. Just how much fun that would be to have that, IU and Kentucky That would be great. I, and part of me kind of wants them to play Tennessee just so I can hear Rocky Top play Ugh. over and over and over again because I love that song. Tennessee would suck because then it'd be 80% Tennessee fans. I like the color burnt orange. <laughs> I think best case Music City would be obviously Mississippi State. We can't look past that nine Indiana prediction. No, just, That's just I, I can't. I, as nice with, as with the return see, of Mr. Portnoy. Yes, yeah, all the IU alumni that for some reason cover Mississippi State sports. I can't take the damn cowbells, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do we it. We need They're more so cowbell. Bad. They're so bad. That's all the time we got for. This week we'll be back to preview the bowl game wherever it might be, either next week or the week after. At some point before winter break, for Caleb Kaufman and Will Coleman, I'm Jack Grossman. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on the Ideas Football Podcast.